The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am the one, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. And Jesus said to them, Nation will rise against nation and country against country. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before the rulers and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and family, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Praise to you, Christ. Christ. Please be seated. Dear friends, grace to you and peace from God, our Maker, Christ, our Comforter and Redeemer. Amen. This last week, I had the opportunity to preach a short meditation at our weekly chapel service at the Lyceum with the topic of signs of the end times. We didn't have the same text there that we do before us in worship today, but it seems they certainly all fall under this category. There are some strong apocalyptic themes in our readings today, which is certainly fitting, as we remember those whose lives have been destroyed by war. When it seems the tailspin of a world at war might very well be our end, we are called to hope. I've found that it's best to be selective with challenging passages like this, to focus on perhaps what is most helpful to us, rather than focusing on what scares us the most about topics, about conversations like signs of the end times. The passage from Malachi is so short it isn't as much help because it is quite clearly meant to either bring you hope 
or despair. It's either the burning oven or a ride on some healing wings. I don't know about you, but soaring through the air on some healing wings sounds pretty cathartic. In a sense, I'm sure that being in the midst of intense armed conflict that comes with war in any age, every soldier is longing for such healing wings to take them away from the burning oven of the battlefield. No matter how you look at it, the burning oven won't likely be anyone's choice, at least not consciously. So one could surmise, should surmise, that the purpose of this short warning from Malachi is meant to wake us up to these two conflicting realities, so that we ourselves are ready for the latter and not the former. The second reading as a letter to the Christians in Thessalonica, it engages its hearers' readiness for the end times in a different way. Preparing for the return of Christ doesn't mean that we sit idly by and wait for it to happen. Nor should we expect that if we do choose to sit idly by, that others will take care of us. Honestly, this passage really challenges me as that people at Bible study heard about on Tuesday night. Because it doesn't seem to be my understanding or the understanding of Christian doctrine around the world as a true representation of what it means to be Christian, to follow in the way of Christ. We should have grace for one another when we get things wrong, like sitting idly by, not expecting that we need to do work to be fed. Because in fact... Many do work and are still not fed in this world. We should show love to those who are consciously or unconsciously sitting idly by because it is the right thing to do. It's what Christ would do. It's what Christ did. Yet in spite of all that Christ did for us, we still live in a world where hatred and violence lead nations to war and soldiers to their graves. So we designate a day of remembrance to honor them for this great act of service. But where does that leave us? Does it stop the hatred, the violence, the wars? No. So we do this every year with the hope that we won't forget those who have died so their deaths will not have been in vain And in a sense, we gather in a similar way each Sunday to worship God. We do so with hope that the experience will inspire us and bolster our faith to live out the witness of Christ more each day. But each week, we don't perform as well as we'd hoped. So we return to worship and start over again. As redundant and dismaying as these patterns may feel, we should never give up on ourselves, nor in the hope that all this terribleness will come to an end. Because our God has never given up hope on us. And as hard as as it is to recognize the life, death, 
and resurrection of our Savior, God made flesh, Jesus, brought an end to the terribleness of sin. We don't see the end of sin, not yet, because it still rules our day-to-day lives. But God sees the end, and we are there, and it is sinless and beautiful. A place without war, without violence and hatred, weeping, gnashing of teeth. In our gospel passage from Luke, Jesus' followers are insistent to know exactly when that end will come. They ask because they want to have an insurance policy that will guarantee their readiness and acceptance for whenever it comes. And Jesus doesn't necessarily give them a straight answer, one that will lead them to an exact date and time that they can put in their planet. But there's the rub. There's the catch. If you think about it, all these things have been on an endless loop throughout all of history. Hatred, violence, wars, death. They are always happening. So really, Jesus' answer, while it seems to be helpful, is meant to baffle the disciples. Because none of that, no matter how long this world endures it, will be enough to harm the hairs on our heads. Of course, this isn't meant literally, but rather figuratively. Not the physical, but the spiritual. And the ultimate reunion with our triune God in eternity. God's plan from the very beginning, despite the fall of mankind from God's good grace, that led to the business of killing and fear, valuing oneself over another. None of this will be greater than where God is leading us. That is the kingdom of God. A kingdom that is for all and open to all. To me, this will be the ultimate sign of the end time when we all finally come together under the banner of heaven and the kingdom of God that all have been invited to through Jesus Christ. And we shouldn't be afraid because surely anything is better than the kingdoms constantly at war with each other in this world. So I invite you to pray with me, sisters and brothers, that we live a witness in this life that seeks to bring people together rather than drive them further apart. It's been a while since I've shared a message through music, and while I've probably already shared enough of a message and spoken word, I can't help but feel called to share a song with you too. It's one for me that is deeply theological, even though it was written it wasn't written in such a context. You likely know it or have seen it uh, in the movie The Greatest Showman. It's the song A Million Dreams. It is an anthem for all the dreams that we have as children that we hope come true. No matter how unattainable, how unrealistic, they are dreams that are worth dreaming. Sometimes the hatred and violence and wars of this world can make the true peace of God's kingdom seem unattainable, unrealistic. 
but it is those dreams, those hopes, those prayers that keep us moving forward with trust that God won't give up on us.
The brightest colors fill my head A million prayers They're keeping us away Amen.